Well, it's great to have so many of you guys here. A lot of you guys weren't here last week, but we began a series about what is God's will for us. And we're examining that um, for the next few weeks. Quickly, um, we're looking at just three short verses, but as we've been looking at them, or at least as I have, I've noticed they are just so rich that this is going to take more than three weeks, I'm afraid. Um, So buckle up. Here we go. So we're going to just dive right in. If uh, you weren't with us last week, you can go and, and check it out online, and you can listen to it or watch it and get caught up. But we are in uh, 1 Thessalonians, it's chapter 5, we're looking at verses 16 through 18. So if you have a church Bible and you want to follow along, it's page 1171. Again, three short verses, but full, full of, of richness here. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Again, Full of richness. Now, now, the point I was trying to make last week, that first and foremost, God's will for you is to be in Christ Jesus, to be in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? That means to be in relationship with Jesus, that uh, he is your Lord, he is your Savior, you are a follower of his. Because if you are not in Christ Jesus, then you will never be able to fulfill God's will for your life. It's absolutely impossible. It has to begin with that relationship with Jesus. And from there, you can begin to experience his will and live out his will for your life. In part, according to these verses, to be joyful, to be prayerful, and to be thankful. You can't do that apart from Jesus. Um, With Jesus, we gain a new perspective and we have this new promise. Perspective and promise. And perspective comes because when you you surrender your life to Jesus, you receive his spirit. So when his spirit comes to live within you, you have a new perspective. You can see things in this world differently than maybe other people would. And that's how you're able to be joyful. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes bearing gifts. And, And one of the gifts, one of the fruit of the spirit is joy among other things. And so you have the ability to be, to choose joy, to be joyful regardless of your circumstances. It's all based on perspective and that perspective changes when you have God with you. There's a present reality to that. But there's also a future promise. And the future promise is that through Jesus Christ, through this faith and this relationship with him, that you will live with him forever, that you will spend eternity with him in paradise. And the beauty of that is that as, as great as life may be for you today, think about the best day. Think about your best day ever. Well, it pales in comparison to just an ordinary day in heaven with God. The best day here pales in comparison to your days to come in heaven with God. And so we have perspective and we have this promise. Now, um, so again, first and foremost, we need to be in Christ Jesus in this relationship. And then we can choose to be joyful or not. 
Joy is a choice. You get to choose. Are you going to be joyful or not? Now, today, what we're going to focus on is what it means to be prayerful, to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. Now, when I read that, immediately I think this is impossible. I mean, how can anybody pray without ceasing? I'm thinking about, so am I supposed to go through life with my eyes closed and my head bowed? I mean, how am I going to make my way around? How am I going to accomplish anything? How can I pray constantly? How can I pray without ceasing? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, we're going to explore that. And after meeting with some of the staff this week, realize I'm not going to be able to really fully develop this in one session. So this part on prayer, this little verse, verse 17, pray continually, is probably going to be multiple weeks because we want to really dive into what prayer is. We want to look at the, the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how of prayer. So we want to go deep into it. And we want to explore what does God mean when he says that his will for you, his will for me, is that we pray continually, that we pray without ceasing. So that's what we have in store for you. Now, um, I'm trying to think of a, a modern day illustration that would help us to grasp what it means to pray without ceasing, to pray continually. And so I think I have one for you. Does everybody know what this is? Anybody know what this is? What is it? I can't hear you. Ah. Isn't that amazing? You know, one of the things, yes, one of the things that I, I've learned from Alexa and I think speaks to what it may mean to pray continually, to pray without ceasing, is that Alexa is always listening. Have you noticed that? Alexa is always listening. Even when you think she's not, she is, isn't she? And the other thing about Alexa, she's always ready to respond, isn't she? So watch. Alexa, what does it mean to pray continually? Here's something I found on the web. According to SermonCentral.com, praying continually also means praying with perseverance. That's it? <laughs> I, Alexa's not the greatest. I mean, Alexa only knows what she finds on the internet, and clearly it's selective in what she shares. So um, while she may not be the perfect example, I think she's a good example of what it means to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. To pray continually or without ceasing means to always be listening, to always be listening, and to be ready to respond, to be ready to respond. If you think about God, God is always listening and he's always ready to respond. He's always listening and he's always ready to respond. If you look at Psalm 121, verse 4, it tells us that God never sleeps nor slumbers, that he's always awake. He's always listening. He's always ready to respond. In 1 John 5, 14, it says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything, anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. God is always listening and always ready to respond. Now, 
Some of us struggle. Some of us feel like God doesn't respond. Now remember, his response may be different. It's not always yes, thankfully. Can you imagine if you always got what you asked for? Your life would not be that good. Have you ever seen, what's that, Bruce Almighty or something like that? Um, so he responds. His answer sometimes is yes. Sometimes it's, it's no. And sometimes it's not yet. So his answer may be yes, no, or not yet. But you know what I think our biggest problem is? When we do go to God and we do make our requests known to him, I think most of us struggle to be still and to wait and to listen for his response. I, I think a lot of us are like, hey, God, can you do this, 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 and that? And then, boom, we're out. We never take the time, or we seldom take the time to just sit, to be still, to be quiet, and to listen, and to learn what it is to listen to God, to hear from God. And we're going to talk about that more in the weeks to come as we explore this. But I think that's part of our problem. We're impatient. We haven't learned to listen to God. And so then we're off. We've made a request. We're off. And then we're wondering, how come God didn't answer my prayer? Well, I think he did. I think he did. We just didn't bother to sit around long enough to find out what the answer was. That's a challenge for us. We're impatient. We don't always listen because God is always listening and he's always ready to respond. And so if we're to pray continually, we need to be always listening and always ready to respond. Always listening and always ready to respond. That means throughout your day, you need to be listening to God. You, you, you feel those nudges, those urges of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you, you may even hear an audible voice that, that sort of just leads you in a direction. Throughout the night, God may be speaking to you. Uh, just recently, um, someone that was part of our church and moved away was woken up 3 o'clock in the morning and just felt like God was telling them to pray for the daughter of one of the folks here in the church. And sure enough, that daughter needed prayer, was, was dealing with COVID in a very um, bad way. And, and just God had woken this man up and said, pray for her. So we have to be always listening, ready to respond, day or night. That's what I think it looks like to pray continually, to pray without ceasing. So praying continually is a lot like Alexa, always listening ready to respond, because that's how God is. He's always listening, always ready to respond. Now, um, we're going to explore that, like I said, in greater depth as we go along. But today, what we want to do is, is explore the who, the who question. Who are we to pray to? Who are we to pray to? And so that's the focus this morning. Um, who are we to pray to? Well, we're to pray to the one true God, the one true triune God. What that means is there's one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. So we're supposed to pray to that God, not to other gods that aren't really gods at all. So if you're like me this afternoon, I'll probably be um, watching some golf. And there's often times on Sunday afternoons these references to the golf gods out there. Well, Guess what? There are no golf gods. 
They're not going to help you. You can pray all you want to the golf gods. They're not going to help because they don't exist. So don't be praying to the golf gods. Also, don't be praying to like Zeus or Thor or any other of these mythological gods. They don't exist. Don't direct your prayers to them. Don't direct your prayers to dead people. Don't direct your prayers to quote-unquote saints. Don't direct your prayers to inanimate objects like crystals or things like that. Don't direct your prayers to created beings or created things. Direct your prayers to the one true God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, the understanding of God being one and in three persons is still challenging for me. Um, I, I get it to a degree. I talk about it, but my finite mind still can't fully understand how there could be one God but three persons. Okay, so if you struggle with that, know that you're, um, well, you're in my company. I don't know if it's good company, but you're in some company out there, all right? But, but I trust that this is true. Now, um, there are many questions that come up a, as a result of this. So uh, for me, at least, I, I sometimes wonder, so who do I pray to? So if there's one God but three persons, so am I supposed to direct my prayers to the Father? Or am I supposed to direct my prayers to Jesus, the Son? Or, or what about that, that Holy Spirit, that strange, ghostly being? You know, you know like, do I pray to the Holy Spirit, and, and how, how do I address God? Like, does he prefer the male pronoun? Like, is that how I'm supposed to, or the female program, or the, them, I don't know. Like, how do I approach God? You know, because I don't want to offend him. Um, does he like to be called Lord, or does he prefer Almighty? You know, like, is there a preference there? I don't know. And then, should I pray in Jesus' name? And if I pray in Jesus' name, what does that mean anyhow? Does anybody else ever wonder about these questions? Like, I kind of want to get it right, but I'm not sure how to do it. So um, you probably have questions. If you have questions, we have a number up there that you can text, and I will respond to it. Um, but here's the thing. Before you just send your questions to me, don't just trust whatever I send back via the text. And that's not my own personal number, just so people think that they, I, I don't even know who's texting me. So let me be clear on that. So it's completely anonymous, unless you tell me. But um, take some time to explore the question yourself first. Don't just take my word for it. So if you've got a question, go to the Bible and look for the answer yourself. And if you still have some questions, feel free to text that number. And that'll make for a deeper dialogue or discussion between the two of us as we all seek the truth. Because I don't want you just to, to trust me in what I say, okay? Um, and if you don't want to do that, just ask Alexa. Alexa will have an answer for you. She's always listening, always ready to respond. I can't tell you that it's going to be the right answer. But you can ask her if you choose. So um, with that, I, I'm going to share with you what I, I think is possibly the correct answer based on what I know about God and what I know from the Bible. And um, what I know 
is that I, I think it's perfectly fine to direct your prayers to God the Father, to direct your prayers to Jesus the Son, or to direct your prayers to the Holy Spirit. I don't think it matters because, again, the three are one. What you say to the one, the other, no. Okay, the three are one. What you say to one, you say to all. So I don't think it's really a critical point about who you address your prayers to. For instance, sometimes I'll pray to the Father, and, and I'll say something like, Father, dot, dot, dot. And, and typically my, fa- my prayers that are directed to the Father are a little more broad or overarching, if you will, for some reason. And then sometimes I'll pray directly to Jesus. And, and a lot of times those prayers may be like, Jesus, thank you so much for, for loving me and dying for me. You know, things like that. I'll, I'll direct them directly to Jesus. Or, or sometimes I'll, I'll pray directly to the Holy Spirit. And I'll, I'll be like, Holy Spirit, would you please guide me? Would you give me wisdom in this situation? Would you give me the words to say to this person? Would you help me to, to hear? Would you guide and direct me through this? And so sometimes I pray directly to the Holy Spirit. I don't think it really matters. The three are one. What you say to one, you say to all. So relax a little bit on that, okay? Now, sometimes if you, you've been around, you'll, you'll notice that I'll end my prayer, and, and sometimes I may say, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, or other times I may just say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. How about you? Sometimes you do that, right? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? So I think there's a couple reasons why we um, pray in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, or we pray in the name of Jesus. The first thing has to do with authority. Authority. We are recognizing God's authority. That we don't have authority in and of ourselves. We don't have the right really to even approach God. But because of the authority of God, who first came to us, revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ through his life, his death, and then his resurrection, through the Holy Spirit revealing to us the truth about Jesus, opening our eyes, so to speak, then we have access to the Father. And so it's recognizing this authority. When we're praying in their name or his name, we're praying based on his authority. The second piece has to do really with um, this recognition, if you will, of this authority, but not only his authority, but really it's a submission. It's really about his will. It's about recognizing that when we pray in the name of Jesus, for instance, we are asking for his will to be done. Just like when I I reference God's always listening and he's ready to respond, if you notice, I emphasize in his will. Anything that we ask in his will, he hears us. He hears us. So he's not going to respond in a way that is counter to his will, and we should not ultimately want him to do that. See, sometimes we come and, and we have a great desire, a burden on our heart, and we are asking God to do something that we will, but ultimately we have to trust that his will is what is best because we don't see the whole picture. Sometimes we are so caught up in what's going on, maybe a loved one is suffering or dying, and and all we want 
is for them to be healed, right? We don't see the bigger picture oftentimes. And so we need to submit those prayers in accordance to the will of God, in accordance to the will of Jesus. And so we need our wills to conform to his will. We need to become more like Jesus. We need to really become folks that live and love and lead like Jesus so that when we offer our prayers, our requests to God, they are in accordance with his will. That's the goal, that we become one like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one. They're never in conflict with one another. Their wills are the same. Our will needs to be in conjunction with his will. And so we pray according to his authority and according to his will. That's why we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. Um, so again, <clears throat> don't want to get lost in this. I don't think it's super important whether you're praying um, to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But this is what I, I think is probably um, best um, perhaps the way to, to understand the role of the Trinity in prayer is that we pray to the Father through Jesus the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. See how all three work, the three persons in one? We pray to the Father through Jesus the Son who came, lived, died, and rose again through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's that's how we should pray as believers. That's sort of the pattern, if you will. But here's what I want you to hear. Please do not get caught up in having all the right words. Okay? It's not about having all the right words. Just pray. Just pray. That's the most important thing. It's not about how you sound or who you directed your prayers to, or any of that. Just pray. And, and I'm starting to, to understand this a little better now. So I'm an older father, and um, I have now four of our seven kids are grown and out of the house. And none of them live around here. They all live in, in cities or, or countries far away currently. And... Um, Like, we've never been the kind of family that, that calls each other every day or texts throughout the day. Some of you guys are, are like that, but we've never been like that. And if you know me, like, I'm not kind of the chit-chatter, you know, the small talk maker. I don't call and say, you know, how's your day going? <laughs> like, I don't care. You know, the, no, the, uh, I actually do care, but, like... Like, I just, I feel like God's given me a limited number of words, and so I'm more, like, fact-based in my conversations, so I'm like, hey, what do you need, you know, and I fix the need, and then we move on, but, but I regret that now. I regret that. I don't know who to blame, Dad. I don't know if that's your fault or what, whatever, but the, uh, you know, I don't know why I haven't been just more interested in just talking and listening to whatever's going on, whether it's rather mundane or not, but I miss it now because um, four of my children are moved away, and we don't talk very often, all right? We don't text frequently. So when the phone rings, and, and I look, and it's one of my, my older four children, my heart just jumps. 
It, it jumps. And you know what my first reaction is? Oh, no, what's wrong? That's right. Oh, no, what's wrong? You know, I'm like, what's wrong? Like, that's how I answer. Like, everything okay? And then they're like, yes, Dad, it's fine. <sighs> like, now, now I can relax. I'm like, what? Okay, my next question, how are things going? And, like, I just love to hear their voices. And, and I really don't care what they have to share. I just love to hear their voices. And they can talk about nothing. And I'm just on the phone, and I'm just so thankful that they called. And when they choose to ask me a question, to seek my advice, I am so humbled and honored that they care what I think. And I'm moved by that. And, and I wish now that I was more like the chocolates who talk to their children and their grandchildren every day, sometimes multiple times during the day, whether they live just right around the corner or they live miles away. And, and I, I long for that. I long for that. And if I long for that, I, I wonder how much God longs for us to just talk to them. Not to have anything important necessarily to say, not some monumental question that you need figured out, but you just say, God, just wanted to talk. Just wanted to talk. Just wanted to tell you about my day. Just wanted to listen maybe to you. What do you have to say? What kind of guidance might you have for me? I think God just wants to hear our voice sometimes. And yet some of us have bought into a lie that the only time we go to God is when we got a major, major issue. Parents, is, is that how you feel about your children? You only want to talk to them when they got a major issue? No. You want to talk about anything. You just want to hear their voice. You're always ready, right? You're always ready. You're always listening for that call. You're always ready to respond. And if that's us, how much more is that God with us, his children? And, and so I think the important thing that I want us to grasp about praying continually is, is recognizing that it's not a burden to God, that he longs to hear from us. Any time of day or night, he never sleeps he never slumbers. He, he's always listening, and he's ready to respond. And that's the posture we need to adopt as well with God and probably with others as well, that we're always listening and we're always ready to respond. So my question for you today, are you prayerful? Would you say you are a prayerful person do you grasp that it's not so important about who you pray to other than the one triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? That's it's the only place that you should be directing your prayers. Do you get that? Are you, are you starting to grasp what it means to pray continually? Just always be open, always listen.
always respond. Are you prayerful? Let's pray. Dear God, I, I do pray that you would help me and, and every one of us gather together and listening to begin to grasp what it means to pray continually, to pray without ceasing, to be prayerful people. We thank you. That's your will. What you're revealing three aspects of your will to us here beyond you know, being in, in Christ Jesus, and you're saying, I want you to be joyful, and secondly, I want you to be prayerful. We are not a burden to you. May we grasp that. And Lord, may we go to you in prayer throughout our day, throughout the night, and just long and listen to you. May we learn to listen as we explore that more in the days to come. We thank you, and we ask it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.